Welcome to the 116th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with Jamie Mason, author of the thriller novel Three Graves Full. Peter Straub, the New York Times bestselling author of Ghost Story and the co-author of The Talisman and other books with Stephen King, had this to say about Three Graves Full. Three Graves Full is an astonishing debut novel, smart and stylish and wonderfully light on its feet. Jamie Mason writes crisp, surprising sentences, and this aura of wit infuses her lovely plot with an absolutely Hitchcockian menace. Stay tuned for my interview with Jamie Mason. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Jamie Mason. Mason's novel, Three Graves Full, was just published by Gallery Books. Jamie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. Well, I wondered uh, at the outset if you could read the first page or two of your new novel, Three Graves Full. Absolutely. This is kind of fun because that will actually be my first uh, public reading of this ever. We haven't done a, a launch event yet for a few days, so... I've never done this before. Please bear with me. Great. Okay. Chapter one. There is very little peace for a man with a body buried in his backyard. Jason Getty had grown accustomed to the strangling night terrors, the random prickling palms, the bright aching surges of adrenaline at the sight of Mrs. Truesdale's dog trotting across the lawn with some unidentifiable thing clamped in its jaws. It had been 17 months since he'd sweated over the narrow trench he'd carved at the back corner of his property, since he'd rolled the body out of the real world and into his dreams. Strangely, though, it wasn't recalling the muffled crunch of bone that plagued him, nor the memory of the cleaning afterward, hours of it, all the while marveling that his heart could pound that hard for that long. No. It was that first shovel full of dark dirt spraying across the white sheet at the bottom of the grave that came to him every time he closed his eyes to sleep. Was it deep enough? He didn't know. He wasn't a gravedigger. Then again, in his mind, he wasn't a murderer either, but facts are facts. No disaster can stay shiny in you forever. No worry has ever been invented that the mind cannot bully down into mere background noise. For the first few days and weeks, Jason thought of nothing else. Every night, sometimes twice a night, and one fretful night the first time it rained, it was six times, he slipped through the shadows to the margin of evergreen and poplar, the mark that ended his acreage check and recheck the integrity of the secret. To his eyes, the rectangle of disturbed earth might as well have been bordered in neon. It was a gaudy exhibit to the barbaric instinct that lay curled at the core of every tamed human brain. Evolution had brought us out of the trees, and culture had neutered the beast. But even a eunuch can get angry. Great. Well, if, <laughs> if, if, the, if the listeners haven't heard about your new novel yet, how would you describe Three Graves Full? Uh, very full is, uh, somebody wanted me to give them a Twitter pitch, and I said, it, when the gardeners discover a body in, in the guy's yard, the homeowner is horrified, but mostly that's because it's not the body he planted out back a long time ago. So, it is about a guy who, uh, who, who has killed someone and, uh, buried him in the back. He, Jason isn't a bad guy, he's, um, he's just a guy who's prone to do the wrong thing. And, um, so he sweats it out, and uh, unfortunately, a, a different crime scene is discovered at the front of his house. And so he has to cooperate with the authorities 
all the while kind of dying about <laughs> what's going on in the back of his yard. So it's kind of, it's horrible. It's, it's kind of funny in a, in a horrible, sad sort of way. And, um, and that was what I kind of, I wanted to kind of hit almost a, somebody said a, a, a trouble with Harry, kind of Hitchcocky and like, but horrifying, funny. So I'm, I'm hoping that's what I did. That's what I tried for. Great. Well, I, I know that it's your debut novel. What what was your writing path that led you to writing and, and having Three Gra- Graves Full published? Were you always writing when you were younger? What was what was that like? Well, that, that's kind of a funny story because when I was a little kid, um, adults used to ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I told them I wanted to be a writer, but I was lying. Um, I would say that because adults <laughs> thought that was very impressive. And adults would always go, ooh, when you said that, and I really liked ooh. But what I didn't realize is that I was already doing it. I love to read, and um, I've narrated everything in my head constantly since I was a little kid. But it never really occurred to me to write anything down. And um, in my career, uh, before, I, before I had children, I was in personal banking, and apparently I used to write great memos. People would say, you write the greatest memos. <laughs> one day, I, I, so I used to always love to get the opportunity to write a great memo. Um, so one day when I was, um, gosh, I guess I was 31, I got a bolt out of the blue, really, and I, I I ran home and I decided to write something down and I had never done it, really. And it, uh, it did not end up being this book. It was I wrote one other book before this that I think has training wheel marks all over it. Someday I might revisit it. Uh, but once I once I started writing, I knew that I had a new dream, you know. And, and then um, over the course of the years, I, I I learned the business and I learned tried to learn the craft. And um, Three Graves Full is the first is the, is the second book I wrote, the first novel published. Right. And do you remember what gave you the original idea or inspiration for writing Three Graves Full? Absolutely. Um, One of the most fun things about having this published is that I get to tell the story of its inception. Um, I work with a a guy in the UK, uh, a novelist who is not, nobody knows him yet. His name is Graham Cameron, but he's a genius and you will know. And uh, he and I swap work and we critique each other's work. And I was was actually doing something else. And I was very frustrated because I couldn't, because I'd gotten stuck and I couldn't make it work. And I think he had gotten frustrated with hearing my frustration, and he said, forget it, just go to the Internet. And he said, go to newspapers. And he told me to pull out some headlines, just random headlines that sounded interesting. But I was under very strict instruction not to read the article. He said, do not read it. He said, just look at your list, pick a headline, and write a story that would result in that headline. And the one that I picked, which is funny, I was such a good little girl that I never did read the article. I have no idea where I saw it, so I don't know what the true story is. But the headline was "Landscapers Find Skull in Mulch Bed," and that ended up that ended up being the inspiration for the book. <laughs> that that's funny. So mm-hmm. al- along the way yeah. of uh, along the way of writing, were you also uh, writing any short fiction, or, or just mainly working on that earlier novel and then Three Graves Full? Mostly, mostly the the earlier novel in Three Graves Full. I have started a third one, so I was working on that. Um, I, I wrote one piece of, I guess, what they call flat, flash fiction. Mm-hmm. But between between really trying to focus on on, on the novel and the other things that I, that I do just in life, um, I didn't. I have not yet really written short stories. Or I, I do write a little poetry, 
which I love, but yeah, it's one of those things where it's, it's of a certain taste. Some people like it, some people don't. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I, I know that in addition to your personal website, uh, which involves three graves full, uh, you also run a website called Author Scoop. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. Author Scoop? What is it exactly, and how did that get started? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, AuthorScoop.com is a, it's just a little daily news portal. Um, I, I was invited to come on board. It's, it's run by uh, William Haskins, uh, just a tremendous poet and writer out of Austin, Texas. And he and I are, are friends, and he asked, hey, do you want to do this? Because we both we love books and we love business, and it's right now reading in bookstores and publishing in general is sort of an embattled um, art form. So we we just wanted to do something to make it very easy for people to keep abreast of little news snippets, just to keep it at the forefront of their mind if they stop by authors group. So in the mornings we have uh, literary news, and then sometimes in the afternoon we'll have a video. Um, in the evening, we'll have a book review feature where we just find interesting book reviews. And, and we, we link other people's work. There's uh, some original content on the site, but it is mostly um, just a, a stop, one-stop shop for current current literary news. But we do have some original content. We have an interview series and an essay series that we have by, by invitation. So um, I love it. It's a great place to – yeah, it's a great place to just uh, – you know, like I said in, in the book and in, in the acknowledgments that he always had me elbow deep in the business every day anyway. And so that was, <laughs> was a great day. Great. Well, that's author scoop and I'll have a link to that in the show notes so people can check that out. Um, and, and given, given your work with that, um, and, and as you just mentioned, obviously you, you are aware of kind of the, um, uh, the current travails of independent bookstores and obviously the, the um, I think for many people in, in book publishing uh, the, the kind of trying to think of the best word to describe it, but the, the just lightning fast um, way that eBooks have taken off since uh, the launch of the Kindle in 2007. I, I just wonder, I mean, given that you, you know, now have a book out, um, in hardback and in, in, in ebook, just given your thoughts about the industry, where where do you think things are headed, or or you know what what's your thoughts about where things stand in terms of book publishing and book retailing? Sure. Um, yeah, I have to say, apparently, this is not very writerly of me. I I have a Nook, a Barnes and Noble Nook. I absolutely love reading on my Nook. Um, one of the most amazing things is that. With e-readers, you do end up being able to basically carry a library or a bookstore around in your pocket, which I think is a tremendous thing. Um, I, I, I understand uh, the conflict, what I really hope to see, and I know that I, I believe Tor is doing it. Um, several publishers, and Angry Robot was the first one that I ran across. They're doing bundling where they're printing a book because a lot of us, and, and I'm one of them, I love having the physical book. Uh, I love it for lots of reasons, for, for looking at it and heading it and having it on the shelf like a trophy and lending and all kinds of things. love it for the artwork. Um, but what I would love to see is to see it bundled with uh, a code for digital download. Sure. Because I do love reading on my e-reader. So I, I w- I'm hoping that that's, that's, that's going to become, I mean, that's the way that works with DVDs. 
now you buy you buy the Blu-ray, you get the, the electronic copy that you can put on your phone or your iPad or whatever you like. Right. So I, I do hope the books go that way. That would be tremendous. And I know that a lot of people out there are saying, oh, books are dying, publishing is dying. But I swear I've read some of the best stuff ever in the last couple of years. So I, I, I hear it and I see some numbers that support it and still I can't believe it because there's just beautiful books out there. So. Yeah, I think I, I totally hear you, and and I I'm I kind of walk around conflicted all the time because I you know uh, absolutely love going into bookstores, but I also have um, you know I have a Nook and I also have a Kindle as well. Um, and, yeah, yeah, and, and you know I just it's funny how many people have multiple. I know, I know. I mean, I, I think you know part of it is I'm just so interested in book publishing, and and I publish some ebooks as as well that I I just wanted to to be to be able to, you know, see both of them and see how things look. Um, but I, I think that sometimes people, um, sometimes people kind of confuse kind of the transformation of book retelling with, with reading. And, and I think people are reading even more. I mean, if you think about, sure. I mean, there's lots of people who look at, at videos or, or listen to podcasts, but I think that, you know, the, the great majority of things that people do online, they're reading. They may not be. They may not be a novel, but they're reading. Absolutely, and we also have to remember that that's where a lot of other things come from. I, I as much as I look at book news and, and and try to be up on things, I am constantly surprised at how many films and TV shows and all these things. The story came from a book, um, so that's where that's where stories are born. That's where. So it, it, in many different medium media, I should say, it, it started with a book. And uh, so, you know, it's changing. It is changing. Uh, but I think it always has been. You know, it, it, it's always the best of times and the worst of times. I mean, it's just the way we see things. We're always the center of our own little universe, and everything looks like it's happening on our fulcrum when it's always been this way, I think. Sure, sure. So so what, I know that you read a lot. Uh, what books or authors have you read in the past year or two that really stood out for you and that you would recommend or mention? Oh, man, I have had the, the most fun year in reading. Um, a few weeks ago, I actually did something really fun. Um, I had, uh, with, with Gallery Books, they said, well, why don't you host a little giveaway? So I had five advanced review copies. And one of the hard parts about being a, a new author, especially uh, in this age of social media, is that it's very easy to fall into the trap of tweeting and Facebooking over and over again, hey, did you see my book? I have a book. I have a book coming out. Did I mention I have a book? You really become a horrible, horrible creature. So I thought, how could I make it fun and not all about me because that's that's really getting itchy. So I asked, uh, I was going to give away five and I had people enter the contest, but whoever entered the contest got to assign me a book to read and I had a readathon. I read five books in five days. So... I got some great stuff. I had uh, Mr. Penumbra's 24-hour bookstore. Uh, I had, how in the world I had missed that one. That was terrific. And um, I'm actually finally getting to read Neil Gaiman's uh, American Gods. That was one of my assignments that I did not finish in the week. Uh, over the year, what I loved. Um, oh, I finally got to read Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. That was tremendous. Um, a visit from the Goon Squad. These weren't necessarily last year's book, sure, but I, sure. I got to them last year. Yep. Uh, Gone Girl, I loved Jillian Flynn's Gone Girl. Uh, Stephen King, the uh, 1122, 63, thought that was great. Yeah, I'm actually reading that now. 
I love it. King, I, yeah. There's a really, yeah, I'm not a huge fan. There was a small little book that I just loved, uh, The Sound of a Wild Snail Eating. Um, that was it's a tiny little book that just ended up being really impactful. Um, Algonquin books, I think. Uh, Chapel Hill, but there's yeah, just a ton of great reading. So, you know, That's people great. say there isn't good stuff out there. And yeah, I've had a great, I've had a great reading here. Great. I'll, I'll I'll link to some of those that you mentioned in, in the show notes so people can check that out. So so what what is your writing process like? Are you uh, more of an organic writer, or do you outline? What what's that like for you? I um, this one I don't I don't I haven't done it enough to probably define what kind of writer I am. This one was not outlined. I think uh, in hindsight I probably would prefer. I'm kind of a very organized person. I did a lot of flying by the seat of my pants in this one, and, and it ended up coming into an outline, but it also caused me probably unnecessary stress. Uh, I also, a lot of writers are told, just get it on the page, vomit it out, and fix it up later, but that, that doesn't really work for me. I, I, I start getting preoccupied with the wake of destruction I'm leaving behind me, so I have a tendency to write a little bit and edit that, and then write a little bit and edit that. Um, Apparently, that is not the prescribed way to do it. That's just the way I like to do it. Uh, and who knows, as, as, as I go on, I may find... In fact, the one I'm writing now, I'm writing out of order, um, which I, I'm writing that this seems to occur to me. And um, I'm finding that just terrific. So I think there's lots of ways. I don't you know all the, the ways to skin a cat. I don't know what's the one way everybody knows. But <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, so my, my biggest problem is that I do have uh, two daughters, and, and so there's a lot of scheduling, so I have to kind of make sure I force myself to get a block of, of work in <laughs> because it is so important. <laughs> you know, right. you'll never get done if you don't sit down and do it. Yeah. So given that you um, that your debut novel is, is now published, what advice uh, do you have for it, it, uh, aspiring writers who would like to get their own novels published? Um, the, the two things, two things I think is to find somebody who's better than you are and go ahead and take your skin off and let them, let them just, you know, let them have at it and, uh, develop, develop, uh, an ability to, to take criticism and to, uh, to find someone, like I said, find someone who's better than you and to see if you can establish a relationship and, and, uh, get, advice from somebody you admire, that's that's hugely important. And also to keep your hopes and expectations in different places. This is a very long process for most people. I and mean, then of course I'm sure there are lots of overnight successes. I just haven't met one yet. Um, it's it's a long process. It's it's hard. You get told no a lot. And then when you get told yes, you don't know whether to dance or wind your wristwatch. It's um it's <laughs> it's very it's very amazing. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, it's, so keeping your hopes and expectations and trying to keep a hold of your head because it's, it's a hard business and it will, it can, it can rattle your relationships in, in life if you don't, if you don't take care to keep those hopes and expectations a little bit separated. Well, that's what I would say. Great. Um, what are you and working also, on now? And also like everybody. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, right now. Oh, no, no, no. I, I was just saying also what everybody else says is read a lot. Um, everybody says that, but say that because it's true. Read a lot. Read, read books you even don't like. Um, sometimes it's just as valuable to know what you don't want to do. Um, 
is to know what you want to do. Um, as far as what I'm working on right now, I am I'm working on another novel. Uh, I'd like to think that it would fit comfortably with Three Graves Folds, another suspense type thing. Uh, this one has a, a small element of a spy novel in it. And uh, I've got a lot going on in, in my, in personally, and so uh, it's a little bit slow going, but I hope to, hope to be done by summertime. Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Jamie Mason, author of the novel Three Graves Full, which is available in bookstores now. Jamie, thanks for doing the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.